Hey everyone, welcome to episode 5 where I sit down with the duo Tim Arnold and Brian Lynch of Clockwise on Fire. Clockwise on Fire are a musical duo that blend and merge many genres. I sat down with the musical duo to talk about the Philadelphia music scene and what it's like to create music with your longtime friend. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. See you in the next episode. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Is this just audio? Yes, just audio. Cool. Hello, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. I'm Brittany. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Um, so I, I'm not sure how long we have. Are you guys um uh where are you guys are you guys still in um uh Philadelphia right now? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um I guess the first thing I would like to ask about is um, how's the Philadelphia, since I mentioned Philadelphia, what's the Philadelphia um, music scene like? Um, I think the Philadelphia music scene is, is full of amazing players and enthusiastic people and just like wonderful creative types. And I think there's just there's many and it makes for like a really good vibe all the time and it, and it pushes artists to do better and is a really uh, nurturing environment. Um, uh, I guess my next question would be um, to kind of tell end off of that would be who are some of your favorite artists? It could be anybody um, big, small um, from Philadelphia. Um, well, back in the day, we were both huge into uh, the Disco Biscuits. They're a jam band. Um, and then Dr. Dog's one of my favorite bands. They're Philly-based. So. Yep. West Philly Orchestra. Um, Hezekiah Jones. Uh, Ross Bellema. Got to give and- a shout out to The Roots. The Roots crew. Uh, Amos Lee. I mean, so many great great bands come out of philly uh i guess my my next question would be um how integral was music for you growing up were there any people besides um each of besides each of you that were uh in your family that played music or were you guys the only ones that were kind of like the music uh makers in your family um, I, I had a, a pretty musical family. My parents didn't really like perform music, but my, uh, sister was really into music. I have two older sisters and my oldest sister was really into music and my other sister, um, didn't really like choose it as a career, but she definitely is into music. Um, and we, I mean, I personally, and I think this also goes for Brian too, I just had like a real supportive family that kind of let us take it seriously and pursue it. So. Yeah, and my my family, um, it's the same way. Um, you know, everybody in my immediate family is really into music. Me and my sister write some songs together. My youngest sister, um, um, yeah. So that's 
pretty much our family. Okay, um, I guess we can talk about uh, the album right now. And um, what was the, how did you guys first start to song, songwrite and craft the songs and then that process and then start going into the actual recording and uh, things like that? Um, so a lot of these, are started as kind of like old ideas that I had that were kind of just sitting around kind of incomplete. And then when the pandemic came, or I guess right before the pandemic, I sent Tim one of the tracks that was more complete. And um, he went right to a studio. This He was living in Atlanta at the time. And he went to a studio and recorded drums like that night, I think. And um, so that was kind of like the first one that we started working on together. And at that point, I don't think we knew it was going to be a project until we started sending a few more. I sent a few more over to him and then we just both really felt like something was happening there. Um, so then, <clears throat> Tim, if you want to take it from there. Yeah, I um, he basically started sending me stuff and we started sending stuff back and forth. But the recording process was a totally new thing for me because I never recorded myself before. So I had to learn how to use like pro tools and all this different stuff. And uh, it was like pretty, um, you know, necessity is the mother of invention kind of deal where it's like, I, I heard these tracks and I was like, All right, I have to be able to do this because they're so awesome. And I was really excited about it. So I taught myself how to do that. And actually, you know, a lot of friends, including Brian helped me learn how to do that. But it was definitely a learning experience and one that I'm really glad I, I got to do because now I can, you know, contribute. Yeah. See, I was about see, but you, you answered for me, but I was uh, about to ask you about um, how, how was it trying to record um, your, your project, but then also learn pro to pro tools, which I, I would assume is, um, a difficult thing to grasp, but um, I guess yeah. you kind of answered that. Yeah, um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't easy, but we, yeah. we got through it. But you learned you learned a new skill that you exactly. can also help for any uh, new pro uh, projects coming up. Exactly. Um, I guess my next question would be, since you you've guys known each other since middle school, am I correct? Uh huh. Yep. Um. I guess it, does that kind of help or maybe hamper your relationship within this project? And um, I, I guess that's the, that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I I think it definitely helps. You know, we we know each other so well. You know, we're like brothers. Um, and so yeah, even especially besides our close friendship, just musically, we know each other so well. Um, and we just we always have meshed. You know, well. So everything kind of just is happening organically. There's not, hasn't been any big challenges or hurdles. It's just, just flowing out of us, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's definitely helped because we, we already trust each other and already kind of know how to talk to each other, um, which is a good, good thing to know in a creative situation. So um, it's definitely beneficial to be that close. Um. Uh, kind of going back to your childhood a bit, um, was there like any kind of band or artist that you feel truly shaped your childhood or your teen years? Oh, yeah. 
I, I think for me, Frank Zappa was like a, a you know, such a, a weird, different thing. And it kind of like blew my mind and like helped me to explore like weirder scenarios in music and, and just not settle for, you know, the usual what's on the radio kind of thing. It helped me like discover stuff and like um, learn about music more. I don't know that that was big for me. Frank Zappa, for sure. For me, it was like in, in the early teen years, uh, when I was just starting to really get into music, it was mainly like Radiohead and Rage Against the Machine were the two bands that I was listening to nonstop. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, you know, Tim blew my mind with all the crazy stuff like Frank Zappa and all that that I had not been exposed to prior to that. So, um, Do you feel uh, this... Those of the bands and artists that you mentioned, do you uh, feel that some of their maybe soundscapes or sounds or any of their kind of songwriting styles have, have influenced your current work? Oh yeah. <clears throat> I think that's inevitable. Uh, and I, but I think, I, I mean, it happens kind of uh, unconsciously yeah. because I don't, we don't set out to write a Frank Zappa song because that would just be impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, no, I think that definitely seeps in and like is part of your whole uh, musical vocabulary for sure, including all the Radiohead and Rage stuff too. Like any, literally anything I think helps shape kind of what informs you and like informs your taste and whatever you like, you kind of like put that in the bank and, you know, use that to help yourself be more educated. Mm -hmm. What about you, Brian? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I, I pretty much agree. You know, it's anything that has I've listened to hundreds, thousands of times in my life. It, I can't imagine it's not having an influence in what I'm writing. You know, so whether it's subconscious or it's typically subconscious, because like Tim said, we're not setting out to try and do something that's like the people that we look up to, but sometimes the influence just comes kind of naturally comes out in there. Yep. So going back to your, your debut, um, your single and um, video for dig, how did that, um, how did the inspiration for the um, single, uh, what is the inspiration for the single and how did the music video come about? Um, well, the single um, was recorded the same way we did pretty much everything. He sent me the uh, initial track, like demo thing, and then I added drums and started messing around with some vocal ideas. Um, and then we just were like off to the races, kind of like going nuts on this song. Um, for the video, that was um, Brian's family member. So it's his brother-in-law owns his video company, and we obviously thought, hey, I know who can help us make a video. Um, and they did an amazing job. And we, we gave them like light direction and they just nailed it and like made it look awesome. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. And I guess my, I, and to kind of go off of that, um, since I, I'm a big uh, fan of Circus Survive, how did you guys get uh, Anthony Green on your track? What will you forget? Oh, uh, we had to pay him like a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Now he's a good friend of ours. Uh, okay. We also grew up with him, so wow. he used to hang out with us all the time. We used to play music and stuff. So we're old friends. 
Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, that, that's one of my uh, favorite tracks on the um, album. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Me too. Um, I guess to kind of um, dig into the album some more, um, what do you hope that your fans and listeners kind of take away from the album when they listen to it? I, I kind of just, you know, I hope they're just really digging it. I hope there's in times where it's making them just want to move, you know, dance a little bit. And other times it's just intense. And I hope they're just enjoying the kind of journey all over the map that the album takes you. Yeah, I agree. I, I want them to have a good time, but I, I also kind of want them to uh, think like, think about, oh my gosh, what's, what's coming next? You know what I mean? Like what could possibly come out of these? these freaks you know what i mean so i just want people to anticipate uh more insanity you know yeah and i want them to get excited about seeing it live because we're very yeah. excited to play it live and it's totally different you know it'll, we'll play the songs but we're we're gonna definitely just jam on them a little bit bring a little extra flavor to them in the live setting um, so is there so in terms since you mentioned the live setting and um, how do you how are you setting about kind of taking those songs that you that you crafted um, in a studio and then bringing it to a live setting? There's a lot of technical details, so we're we're going to be relying on technology a lot because it's going to two people sounding like six people playing, you know. But we're going to be using loops and computers and all that um so it'll still be a big sound but it'll just be coming from two people okay cool yeah it's gonna be cool um and then also um kind of a a, a fun one here what are some of your uh tour must-haves tour must-haves yeah um <laughs> honestly i'm at the point uh of touring where i just like am just stripped down to my bare necessities I, I bring like clothing my telephone maybe a book and uh some headphones and then I, i'm good to go you know what i mean uh, I, no more frills with me i'm just like uh out there grinding you know i i heard somewhere that uh on beyonce's writer she needs a brand new like super high-end toilet at every venue that she plays <laughs> only her so i'm gonna go the deeper route and start requesting that when we're big enough that's good i like that it'll balance out that's our goal <laughs> um i guess my next question would be um do you have a dream collaboration i don't know i feel like i have like fifty thousand dream collaborations i just want everyone to play with us i want like anybody who I think is cool to just come jam with us. You know, I love that. I love, I love collaboration, you know, and I love when it's all improvisation too. So really anybody's welcome. I, I would, for me, if I had to pick people, it'd be like David Byrne or Tom York or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I could see David Byrne because he has that kind of crazy improvisational style. Yeah, that'd be really fun. What are your thoughts on social media and particularly social media when you are a kind of smaller or indie artist and things like that? 
I think I it's him answer since he handles all of our social media. Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, it's a it's a way to like you know get more creative. Unless you know, I mean, it's I think it's all about how you uh, you view it. You know what I mean? If if you're like worried about how you come off and like are just trying to impress people all the time, then I guess it's going to be a stressful situation. But if you don't give a fuck and you're just trying to make cool stuff, then it's definitely a great platform and a great outlet for you to just get weird and like put it on the out in the world. So. I think it's all about how you, you look at it. Um, yeah, you know what? I would agree. Because if you if you take it too seriously and you stress out pretty much about anything, right. then um, it could it could easily go south, and um, you you start you, you start to not see what you were intended to do first, which yeah. was say not stressed and have fun. So exactly exactly like i see i see tiktok and i and i uh, what's on my feed and like the algorithm is great on that thing but what's on my feed is like hilarious people and like super talented creative people Me too. and i don't see anything wrong with that i think it's, it's fascinating if anything but i guess if like you're drawn to depressing stuff or like mm -hmm. you know stuff like that then the algorithm is going to show you that stuff and then you're going to be like what the fuck am i looking at this is bumming me out so I don't know, keep it light and it, it can be a really creative, amazing space. Yeah. And then also don't stay on there for a long time. I I don't yeah. remember what show I was watching, but they were, this girl, she was like, I stay on TikTok and I scroll and I scroll and I scroll. And she said she scrolled until a video came up and the video was like, you've been on here way too long. Go take a break. <laughs> and I was that's like, nice. whoa. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah, any, anything in moderation, of course. Um, if you like are obsessed with TikTok, I guess it doesn't matter how fun and creative it is, it's going to become a problem. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, anything in moderation, I think it's a place to like have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I see so, a lot of like really uh, on when I when I watch a lot of my videos on on tiktok is a lot of musicians and artists yeah. and just those types of people i love it and it's like really like inspiring stuff too these people are are amazing you know just makes me want to do cool stuff so i think it's great i guess my, my next one would, would be um what is the craft of um songwriting mean to both of you Ahead, for me, it's, it's just something that, uh, you know, I just, I always need to be kind of making music ever since I had the ability to, it's just always been in me. So songwriting is just, it's just like a release that is necessary. It, it just has to come out of me, you know? And it's really fun. It's like, uh, like painting a picture or, uh, you know how they, they, I mean, I did this, but they gave like stressed out people coloring books and stuff. Like, what's the point of doing the coloring? But like, I mean, it's just, it relaxes you and it's fun. And like, it kind of like, you know, is something to do, I guess, at a certain level. But um, I feel like once you get to a certain point when you're, when you're practiced enough and you, uh, you know, work hard enough, then it stops being like a, a hobby to like calm yourself down and it becomes something that's really rewarding. So. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I guess uh, I have a few more questions. Um, what fictional character do you think would most identify with your band's sound? Fictional character, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know, what do you think, Lynch? Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I got nothing right now. Hold on, let me think. What fictional character do I don't know? Um, <clears throat> come on, we can answer this. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it would probably be somebody weird. I don't know. Um, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great answer. I did it. Pee Wee Herman. There you go. Okay. And <laughs> this one's um, for all you Pee Wee Hermans out there. <laughs> and I guess my, I'm going to, I like to end on a few last and um, first one is the last thing I discovered about myself. Oh my God, you're hitting us with the hard ones right now. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I discovered about myself. I mean, I, listen, I got to go to therapy and stuff. Like I discover new things about myself all, all the time. Um, but I feel like, um, I like I, I realized that I want my food so spicy in order to hurt myself so that I can feel. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. I, I mean I can't do spicy food anymore because I have GERD. But maybe uh, when when I was when I was younger, I did like hot Cheetos a lot. Or right, I was like, eating like a bag or two every day, but I had to give up spicy food, even though I'm not even like old. So I'm like, right. oh, grandma, I can't eat the spicy food anymore. Uh, you get an ulcer, sweetie. Um, <laughs> but I think that, no, it's like I, I uh, it's like cutting or something where like you do it to feel. But like I always thought like I just like um, spicy food, but maybe it's just a way to, to self-harm. You know what I mean? I got to chill out a little bit. Is that too, is that too <laughs> dark? I, I mean... <laughs> What about you? Uh, um, I don't know if this is the new discovery, but um, it's just that I'm not unable to control my swearing because now my three-year-old toddler is just walking around just dropping F-bombs, and that's my fault. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that will be my recent discovery. Okay. Um, well, I, 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 I try, but if I get really angry, it, it's, it's bad. But. It's not, it's not angry swearing. It's just like, that's just how I talk, you know, yeah. like I do the same. descriptive words, you know, um, like, oh, shit. he's, he's, he heard me say that and then he immediately repeated it. And now okay. he just brings it up in the, in the right context and stuff. And it's just, yeah. There was a, there was a, there was this funny video I saw of this little kid and he was just swearing it was weird but the mom was just like okay that's how you talk now I was like <laughs> maybe yeah. that's how the young kids are now yeah it's hilarious uh -huh. you know but you, you got to try not to laugh and you got to correct them yeah. yeah um last piece of pop culture that blew my mind TikTok. In general, TikTok. Yeah. Uh huh. I love it. 
Yeah, it's cool. I used to hate it, but now I'm like on there all the time. Yeah, I think you gotta like just like wait it out until it like figures your taste out and then mm -hmm. it just shows you stuff that you really like. So I, it's amazing. Uh -huh. I'm like blown away by it on the regular. Lynch, what technology blows your mind? Technology or Is pop, pop culture technology? Pop culture, I'm sorry. That's right. Pop culture. Uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, I guess Squid Game is pop culture right now. Oh, yeah. Squid Game was fantastic. Love I, I didn't even finish it, but just even the first episode kind of blew my mind. Um, yeah, that's good. Well, the first episode had one of the um, best scenes, so. Yeah, it was really good. That that also blew my mind. That was intense. Yeah, it, it, the whole, well, I, I don't want to ruin the series, but you should finish it. It's, um, it's fantastic. All right, we, we will. It, it, like, hurt me so much to watch that first one, and I've been, like, yeah. continuing it, but. <laughs> it, it is it's a rough watch but um i was like just like ripping my chair i was like oh my god this is like but it it's the intricacies of the show it's just like who comes up with stuff like this but it's it's really good it is a rough watch so yeah i love it um uh, my next one uh is Last time you felt nostalgic. Oh man, <clears throat> I feel like I feel nostalgic all the time uh, just by having a seven-year-old daughter because she does things that I would have done back in the day or just like, you know, is a kid and it makes me think of being a kid. So all the time she reminds me. Yeah, that's a good answer. Thank you. What about you, Brian? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree in, in the same respect. Um, it's with your kid. I mean, I get nostalgic when I see a picture of my son from like two years ago. I, mean, I get, yes. I get, it's like recent nostalgia. But also, I have a uh, my sister's very nostalgic too. So she's constantly sending just old family pictures from back in the day. So I get like pretty frequent nostalgia material coming my way. Also, <clears throat> we've been talking about covering the soundtrack to Terminator 2, <laughs> which is basically a reaction, you know, it's like a reactionary nostalgia. So I think uh, we just both love that movie so much and we just want to like, you know, pay, pay it forward and, you know, give it props. I've never seen Terminator, so I'm sorry. What? I can't, oh. I've never seen any of them. Oh, you gotta at least T2, come on. It's like the only movie where the sequel is by far the better yeah. in the series. Listen, Brian's gonna finish Squid Games. You gotta watch Terminator 2. Okay, okay. deal. 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 Okay. Okay. Terminator 2 is gonna be a lot less uh, painful to watch than I imagine Squid Games. Yeah, I, I most things will be a lot less painful than Squid yeah. Games. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then my last question would be, what is next for you guys? What's next on the horizon for your band? We're we're in the middle of making an, our next album right now. It's it's going to be like a concept album, like a rock opera. Cool. Right, Lynch? Yep. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. that's getting that's getting demoed right now, and we're just working it out and writing and going to start recording soon. And then we're just yeah. working on the live performance as well. So we yep. can play out. Yep. So shows and a new record. Awesome. Is there anything else you would like to add? Say um, that I might have missed. Not that I can think of, but I appreciate you taking the time for you know to to chat with us. Oh no. Um, it was nice meeting you guys. Great to meet you too. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay. You All have right. a good weekend. Okay. You too. Have a great weekend as well. Happy Halloween. Oh right. yeah. Happy yeah. Halloween. That's right. Yeah. I bet you guys are, are going, are you guys going trick-or-treating with your kids? You know it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stay safe out there. I will. Yeah. Will do. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. See you in the next episode. On my next episode of Reclusive Blogger Interviews, I sit down with Marie Nafa to talk about what's it like to be an independent folk artist. Once again, I'm Brittany, and this has been the Reclusive Blogger Interviews.